0: Welcome back, everyone. Today is March 22nd, and this is your regularly scheduled episode of American Billiard Radio. Um, Before we get on to the conversations about the U.S. Open and and other tournaments, uh, we do have some less-than-happy news to discuss. There are two GoFundMe pages out on the Internet that deserve your attention. Uh, Buddy Hall has a GoFundMe page trying to raise some money to help him relocate. And possibly even worse, uh, Cliff Joyner. It's not a GoFundMe page. It's a YouCaring.com page. Cliff, I believe, had a stroke at the Scotty Townsend Memorial last week. And he is in the hospital. The only updates I've been seeing are being posted on Facebook by Tony Chohan. I will include links to both of these uh, fundraising pages in the show notes, so you can show your support for these two great players. Now on to positive things. Anybody who knows or, or anyone who has listened to any of the interviews that I've done on this show or on Out radio back in the past, know that I can be fairly negative about where professional pool is. Um, it's struggling and I've always believed that the, the players, and I don't mean the pool players, I mean the movers and shakers, uh, in the industry need to come together to, to help this game. A lot of people have said, well, we really need someone to come along and, 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 take the bull by the horns for a professional nine ball and, and lead it to where it can be. And when they think about who that person might be, usually the biggest pipe dream is Barry Hearn. The idea is that Barry has done so much for the game, uh, World Pool Masters, World Cup of Pool, Moscone Cup. Go back to when Matchroom was running World Nine Ball Championships, uh, Barry Hearn is pretty much thought of as... The person most capable of taking this game to where it can be. So, the news today that Barry Hearn and Matchroom Sport had taken ownership of the US Open Nine Ball Championship is huge. Honestly, it's the most positive thing I've heard of for professional nine ball in easily 10 years. Uh, I consider it bigger than the IPT basically see it as as a camel tour in the beginning so um, I did see that Barry posted or that Matchroom posted a video on Facebook of Barry talking a little bit He's very enthusiastic in this video. Again, I will include links to or a link to this video in the show notes In other news, uh, probably the biggest tournament that took place last week was the Andy Mercer Memorial at the Rum Runner in Vegas where Warren Kiamko double-dipped Shane Van Boning in the finals. Shane has won this event five times, and he reminded me after it was over when I asked him about the double dip, he reminded me that the five times he had won the event were all out of the one lost side. So this was the first time he had taken the hot seat, and he ended up being double-dipped after he had done all the double-dipping. So maybe it'll be a race to the hot seat match next year, and then a player can dump so they can come out of the one-loss side, since that seems to be the way it works. Um, another big story from the Mercer Memorial was Jimmy Mattia and Mary Keniston doing commentary. And you'll hear my conversation with Daniel Bush a little bit later. Uh, Daniel was talking about uh, Jimmy can be controversial, and his commentary was definitely controversial. And like the things that I mentioned above, there will be a link to that match in the show notes. So without further ado, let's listen to what Daniel Bush had to say about uh, the West Coast Swing and the Andy Mercer Memorial. Here's my conversation with Daniel. I'm joined now from California by Daniel Bush of POV Pool. Daniel, how are things in California?
1: Things are great, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm actually in Northern California, the Bay Area today. I'll be here for a few
0: days. Is that not where you're normally located?
1: No. uh, POV Pool's uh, headquartered in Los Angeles, California. Uh, But I'm actually, you know, I might might as well just let the cat out of the bag. I'm actually scouting to um, relocate to the Bay Area and uh, i'll be working quite a lot with uh, california billiards which is located in fremont so big big thanks to chris swart and uh, michael reddick and also uh, from all of the support i've received from all the locals in the area who seem very excited about us coming up Uh, both geraldine and i are hoping to move uh, later this spring to northern california
0: now, California Billiards, they're, they're tied up pretty heavily with the uh, West Coast Swing, right?
1: Yes, that's correct, Mike. Uh, California Billiards is a huge part of the West Coast Swing events. West Coast Swing events, as you know, are we, we refer to them now as uh, sort of the stepping stones to Las Vegas. Uh, and it's, it was, gener- you know, we generated these events. Uh, Starting from San Francisco at Family Billiards and going down, uh, typically down south to Bellflowers, Hard Times Billiards. But this year, we've made a change. Um, But uh, yes, um, we are working uh, with California Billiards. I will actually be working there a lot uh, and still hosting West Coast Swing events there. Um, This year, instead of Hard Times Billiards, we have added uh, Freezer's Ice House. To the, uh, to the marquee of events, which will take place right before the CSI U.S. Open events. So it's a great opportunity for the professionals to come down and uh, compete for this year up to $33,000 in added monies.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody here in Phoenix. Uh, Freezers is, I won't say it's right around the corner, but it's not that long a drive for me.
1: Yeah, you're in are you in Sun City or where are you?
0: Uh I'm out on the west side Avondale uh but still I can be at I can be at Scott's place in 45 minutes.
1: Well, I I would be hurt if you weren't there. Uh, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to Freezer's Ice House. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Scott Frost and uh and you know y- y- you know they're going to be hosting a 3000 added one pocket tournament played on his beautiful diamond tables there. And, uh, right after that, um, uh, that tournament will be a 10,000 added 10 ball tournament. So, uh, you know, big props to Scott Frost for stepping up and, uh, allowing us to make it happen. also, by the way, we have, um, it, we have taken on quite a number of Q sponsors for the West coast swing this year. And these Q sponsors are all custom Q makers, uh, in their own right, they're all widely respected. Uh, we have Ariel Carmelli, Kent Davis, Eddie Cohen, and Tiger Products. They're all going to be uh, coming to the table, and we're going to do a West Coast Cue Maker Showcase, which will take place at California Billiards during our second and third stop on the West Coast Swing. But they're also com- coming to Arizona as well, and they're going to do the West Coast Cue Maker Showcase at freezer's ice house as well, so it'll it'll be kind of like a mini Vegas you know going wow. and, uh, watching pool and then you know coming and seeing some uh some vendors, you know so uh we're
0: thrilled Well, and I think the fans out here in Arizona are too, I and mean, I know they will support the event well. Uh, we've got some rabid pool fans out here.
1: <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Uh, uh, I have some experience, uh, you know, most of my experience with your Arizona uh, players was during the first um, Seguardo Cup event, the East versus West Phoenix. And boy, that was, that was a real, you know, powerhouse of, uh, of action that took place at the old Skip and Jans. I can't remember what year, I think it was 2014 or 2013.
0: Yeah, It would have been a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, now you were just at a big event, uh, Andy Mercer.
1: Yes. Um, that was a last minute addition to our schedule as well. Um, I, I actually missed last year because I accidentally booked over the event. I, I double booked because I usually do the Terry Stonier event in Sacramento. Well, unbeknownst to me at the time, uh, they asked me if I'd stream the Terry Stone here, and I said, "Yeah, sure, of course, I'll do your event again." Um, but unbeknownst to me, it was double booked over the Andy Mercer in 2016. So I was unable to go to the Andy Mercer last year, uh, the one that Oscar Dominguez won. And um, you, I don't know, Mike, have you ever had this experience where if you if you skip something one year, it makes it really easy to skip it again? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I could see that.
1: Uh, yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of what what happened for me. Um, you know, it was uh our schedule was really filling up uh, for the spring events and the uh, and the summer upcoming West Coast swing events. So uh and then with us moving to northern California, I just kind of, you know, didn't really think about doing it. But you know what? Some people were calling, they were, you know, like asking me to come out. And we, uh, we raised the sponsor at the last minute, you know, huge thanks to Mucci, Bob Meucci and Muchi Q's. Uh, and, uh, they got us a couple cues out there. We raffled them off and we were able to finance our expenses to do the West coast, um, to do the Andy Mercer. So, and what a, I, I, can't tell you, Mike, I'm so glad I went, it was probably one of my most enjoyable experiences in las vegas you know and um it was a quite colorful event i'm sure that you're aware of
0: oh yeah you had a uh, very colorful guest commentator there towards the end <laughs>
1: well you <laughs> know uh he could be called colorful yeah J- jimmy the floydster Matthias. and uh <laughs> i i tell you you know he <laughs> After uh, after doing the Andy Mercer uh, for five years, Jimmy's really grown on me. You know, at first I thought he was a raving lunatic, and you know, I mean that with the most respect. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, after five years of uh, of exposure to him and um, uh, really seeing you know his sincerity, his passion for the game. And, uh, you know, I really think he kind of gets a bad rap, you know, because he's passionate. He's uh, he's emotional, you know, he's an emotional guy. And he has uh, he likes to bring up a lot of controversial, uh, uh, you know, bullet points in our in our wonderful pool industry.
0: (laughs) Well, but, you know, that's part of the the allure to the game.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean if you're not if you're not ruffling some feathers, if you're not taking some risks and if you're not getting people uh you know, riled up, then I don't know. I I, I think you, you miss the mark, you know. You've gotta you gotta create excitement. And I tell you what, uh, you know, I posted up the finals of the Andy Mercer between Shane Van Boning and Warren Kiamko, where Warren um, you know, came back from, uh, the one lost side and double dipped Shane. And, um, I have to say that, uh, you know, we've in, in in less than two days we've received almost 10,000 views on that one video. And that's remarkable. And you, you probably are, you know, you know about my experience with YouTube. I mean, I've been putting up videos for six years, seven years now. And, um, uh, there are only a few videos that have that type of response. And most of the comments on that YouTube video are, you know, centered on the, they're focused on the commentary by, by Mary Keniston and Jimmy Mattaya. And um, mostly Jimmy, though. <laughs> yeah. So I, I highly recommend everybody check that match out. I do have other matches from the Mercer coming up as well. Uh, they're they're going to go to YouTube. But, um, but you're right. Um, I think controversy is good sometimes.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jimmy's got a lot of opinions. He's not the only guy in the in the pool world that has a lot of opinions. And, you know, the, these people have been in the game for as long as they have. They, I'm interested in what they have to say. I may not agree with it, but I'm interested.
2: Yes,
1: I'm very interested. And, you know, sometimes... Uh, what's great about the live streaming and these events, um, although we typically, you know, my production, I typically try to focus on on the subject matter at hand, which is the, the competition side of it. But, um, you know, over the years, we've given many, many people uh, opportunity to, you know, voice their opinions and, uh, and uh, you know, Air out their dirty laundry, whatever it is that they want to do you know um, and and I think that's an amazing you know that was one of the sort of unexpected rewards uh, of doing these live streams was that uh, you know these uh these characters get to come out of the woodwork and uh, and really kind of bear their soul and voice their opinions and I think it's a good I think it's good because. You know, you look at, uh, well, you know, your your wonderful AZ Billiard forums and OnePocket.org forums, you know, it's very difficult to be heard sometimes. I mean, sometimes it's just like white noise,
0: right? Yeah. Um, you know, I have I can see both sides of the, of the coin. I can see the people who say, look, you know, concentrate on the match in front of you, commentate on that. But it's different when you've got somebody like Jimmy – Uh, like I do a little bit of streaming here in town and you know, when I've got freezer on the mic with me, he may not talk completely about the match in front of us, but you know, he's got good stuff to say.
1: Yes. Yes. And uh, you know, I I wholeheartedly admit though, too, that, uh, you know, there were times where I had to wrangle in, you know, wrangle Jimmy in a little bit, you know, bring him back because, uh, and, and you know, that's, that's sort of something I've had to work on. That's been a learning curve for me because I didn't, you know, I didn't think I'd have to be like a host, you know? Um, and, uh, but, uh, lo and behold, you know, I find all these opportunities to, uh, to try to bring it back to present moment and, uh, and, and, and not to, uh, you know, disengage from the, the action that's taking place. And, um, and it's, uh, I hope people like it. I know that there were people that won't, but, uh, you know, we try to show people a little bit of the best of both worlds and give people a chance to, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I wrote on our, uh, I think on our about page recently on POV that, uh, you know, the end result of what we get is, is gritty. It's raw. It's live, unedited, but it's an honest program. Packed with a ton of resources uh, you know and information about the billiard and the pool world, so that's my mission and uh, and I hope people like it the andy mercer i don't necessarily agree with uh, everything that Jimmy uh, Mattia says you know the the jump cue, the uh, magic rack, the picking up of balls, uh, <laughs> you know the alternate break I mean you, you pick a subject he 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 covered it <laughs> the glove. You know, I mean, if you look at the glove, let's take the glove, for example, Mike, you know, the glove uh, really sort of developed out of the three cushion billiard industry because you you have players that are competing on a heated table and their hands get sweaty. And that's where the glove came into play. And that's where it started to become very popular to use this glove. And, uh, and and I think what happened is the industry uh, very quickly realized that the glove is a great vehicle for promoting their companies. It's an affordable piece of equipment. Uh, it's fashionable, and they can put a logo on it. You know, and so you know, my hats off to people who buy gloves. Uh, they want to represent. You know, I wouldn't criticize them any more than I would criticize somebody that wears a. Uh, a a Tommy Hilfiger jacket or a Calvin Klein, you know, uh, you know, hoodie or something. Right. And, uh, and, but I think, you know, this is where Jimmy does miss the mark a little bit because he does get tangled in his emotions, you know, and, uh, and he's, he's got his heart on his sleeve, you know, but I love the guy. And I tell you what, you know, (laughs) Haters can hate all they want. So, uh, Jimmy Mattia. Jimmy Mattia has a heart
0: of gold. Well, you know, he's he's an old-timer, and they didn't have gloves back then. So, you know, what's new or is... Ma- or magic rack. Oh, no. Or jump cues or, or sliced bread or anything like that. <laughs> well, Daniel, I know you've got uh, an appointment you need to get to, but before we go... Um, You've launched a uh, an online service where people can see some of your old videos. Can you tell everybody about that real quick?
1: Yeah, thank you. But you know, also thank you so much for the opportunity to to, uh, to talk with you. Um, uh, we have launched a uh, sort of a premium channel, and it's slow going. Uh, you know, I wanted it to be like a Netflix of pool. You know. We're we're uploading all of our best content, what we would consider premium content. It's all edited. Uh, We've got credits and some special effects here and there. Um, uh, You know, everything's remastered. Um, It's uh, commercial free, high def. You can watch it on your flat screen smart TV. Um, And um, it's powered by Vimeo and VHX. And for $6.99 a month, you have access to all of our premium content. Um, And, you know, we're not going to stop there. We also hope that um, we can provide a premium streaming service, which will be much less expensive, uh, much less costly than, um, you know, some of the pay-per-view services that you see out there. Uh, you know, just to give you an example, if you're paying $6.99 a month for POV Pool Premium and we have a special event that we're gonna live stream, we may only charge around $9.99 for the, for the event. Uh, but if you're a premium member, then you only really have to pay $3.99 to watch an action-packed weekend of pool, you know, that could be a uh, world-class pool, you know. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. The uh, Premium Channel, uh, is. we just did a soft launch uh, January first, um, and I will tell you that the, the biggest challenge for me is to keep getting content up there because I quickly realized that people want to binge watch this pool. They want to watch it all right away, you know. And <laughs> I'm stuck at home, racing against the clock, trying to edit every new episode. And I, you know, I've broken these these you know twelve hour days into two to two and a half hour segments. So you have to understand. I'm post producing two hour movie. Right. Uh, this is not an easy task uh, for Daniel Bush uh, from his home <laughs> office <laughs> yeah. when he's uh, also doing other events and uh, promoting other people's uh, causes. You know, like Steve Strange and Riverside, Emil and Colado with their uh, juniors. You know, trying to uh, uh, encourage the juniors and, and 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 do stuff like that. You know, so so. Please uh stick around. Six ninety nine a month. I hope you're not getting ripped off. Uh you know, we've got um parts one through four of Boosty versus Chohan. We've got parts one through seven, I believe, of uh uh boost of Chohan versus Orcolio, and we're just we're just trying to put more up as quickly as possible. And you can just all get it from my website, P O V Pool it's premium. Just look for the premium button and it will direct you.
0: Sweet. All right. Well, Daniel, I'll let you uh, get to your appointment and get back to editing those videos.
1: Thanks, Mike. Um, you have a wonderful day. And, uh, are you in a, by the way, are you in Vegas, uh, at, uh, Griff's?
0: No, they're playing bank pool. i not a big bank pool fan.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, I, I, for some reason, had this feeling you were in Las Vegas at Chris, so...
0: no, nope, nope, I'm back home. I don't think I'm traveling anywhere until maybe the trade show.
1: Oh, the uh, Super Billions Expo?
0: No, I'm thinking the real trade, the the BCA trade. Oh, the BCA wanna, trade yeah, show. Yeah. I've never been to New Orleans, and I'm looking forward to that.
1: Well, you have a great time, safe travels, I don't think I've been to New Orleans for about 12 years, so uh it, it, it's, you'll love it there it's it's a, it's a lot of excitement a little humid but it's great
0: up there well but I'll see you before then I'll see you when you're out here
1: yes yes west coast swing starts june 30th through july 15th and uh, then everybody goes to las vegas to play the CSI US Open 8 ball and 10 ball it's going to be a great july looking All forward right. to it and thanks again mike
0: Yep. Anytime. All right. We'll talk to you later, Daniel.
1: Take care. Bye-bye. All right,
0: All right. That was my conversation with Daniel Bush. Expecting big things with the West Coast Swing. Can't wait to cover the event at Freezers. That should be a lot of fun. And I am really happy to hear Jimmy Mattia back out in the, the pool world. I'm still jonesing for that McCready-Mattia matchup. Uh, I personally see that as more fun than Siegel and Earl. The next person I got a chance to talk to this week was Sean Budd. Sean is with Single Shot Entertainment, and they are the company behind Seven Ball Run. It's a new venture getting started in Vegas right now. They're they're gathering data right now. And instead of me trying to explain what it is, I'll let Sean explain it. So here's my conversation with Sean Budd. I'm joined now all the way from Australia by Sean Budd. How you doing, Sean?
2: I'm excellent. Thank you very much for having me, Mike.
0: Thanks for making some time for us. It's, it's early morning there, and I, I appreciate you taking time out of your morning. Now, you, um, you are single-shot entertainment, and we'll get to this project that you're working on in Vegas. What does single-shot entertainment do?
2: Single shot entertainment creates, um, a, 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 a range of different, uh, platforms, um, uh, games as such. So, so what they are, a, a games of skill, uh, we, we, we primarily designed, um, uh, well, well, to take you back to a little bit of the history, um, our partner, Jason Laza, who's the, the president of the company and the, the guy who put it all together, basically, he, um, had a history as a professional gambler. So he um, sort of like wanted to, to make uh, things as fair as possible. Uh, he saw a, a, a history of uh, games around the world that were, you know, bookmakers and things were taking advantage of. So he came up with the idea that that, that the way you can create a perfect market is to have a game with a that starts with a stationary um, a stationary ball. So the, the two games that he chose to develop were uh, golf and billiards. And six years down the track, um, as we'll get to, uh, seven ball run is the game that we came up with.
0: And it hasn't, because as soon as you mentioned pool as a game of skill, that brings up the age-old debate of is it a game or is it a sport? And, if you take the luck factor out of it, which I would imagine what I know of your project does, does that answer the question then of whether it's a game or a sport?
2: That's what we're trying to get down to. We're trying to to create an environment where uh, we have taken the luck factor out. Um, just recently, actually, and I, even though I, I don't play these days, I, I'm still a fan of the game. and. Uh, I believe there's an ongoing debate between two of the best players in the world, Jason Shaw and Shane van Boning, uh, in regards to who is the best player and is Shane the best player just because of his break? And uh, is the luck is the break based around a, a, a high percentage of luck? And uh, it, it's it's a question you know like that is answered in our game because our game is primarily just you you've got to pop the seven balls to win. Um, the, the best, uh, you know, sometimes the best cuist isn't the best player. It's all those other facets. And since the introduction of things like uh, you jump cues and uh, the, the games become, uh, I, I don't know, it, it just doesn't seem as skillful as it used to be back in the day um, where, where people had to come off three rails to make a ball. And, uh, so... We're we're trying to take that luck factor. We're trying to make it as pure as possible. The game is to pot the next ball on the table. No combination shots, no jump shots, uh, no flukes, and um, hopefully, you you know, that question can be can be um, can be answered. Who who is the best pure potter on a nine ball table?
0: Okay. Um, Well, can you explain the concept of seven ball run then?
2: Uh, seven ball runs, uh, the player has no direct opponent. The player is playing the landscape. So it's a, uh, it's starting a frame from a predetermined starting position. We place the balls where we've collected data. I currently, um, we've collected data on nearly 20,000 patterns. Oh, sorry. 20,000 attempts.
0: Okay.
2: So, and that, that's an ongoing process. We never stop collecting data. On uh, to, to get as close as we possibly can to the true odds, and the, the player then has three minutes to clear up the seven balls. Uh, like I mentioned before, there are no combination shots. Uh, the the lowest ball on the table must be potted. Uh, the, the player that does have one uh, g- sort of get out, he doesn't. The the pocket doesn't have to be nominated, so that we we do keep that. Just that mud, that little bit of a, a luck element, but very rarely when players are playing at this level does that ever come into play. That, that That's only a, a little bit of desperation. And uh, <laughs> and then um, if you miss at any stage, that's the end of the frame. So And then we just collect. But we, we had a challenge match in the UK uh, late last year with a, a couple of fantastic players and it, it was played over a, a, a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup-style 18 holes.
0: Okay, and now they're not competing with each other, so who are they competing with?
2: They're, they're just playing the, the landscape, and um, so that, that, that their results are recorded, and the person who statistically um, clears up the most wins. So whether or not be 9 holes, 18 holes, or whether or not be just in our 7-ball run facility where they're uh, but getting paid upon performance. So players don't get paid unless they clear up.
0: Okay. Um, now, I, I know a couple of the players that are involved. Can you talk about who you've got involved with it?
2: Absolutely. My phone was just ringing. It was uh, the, the, the wonderful Oscar Dominguez. So we have Oscar... Um, Eric from Canada, uh, Vilmos from Hungary. We, 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 we love that international flavour. Um, we, we are trying to source um, players from the US. Uh, we have Tyler, uh, Kim Larson from Finland, and um, that we have a great player manager as well, Lee Brett from uh, the UK. He... Um, not only manages the players he is one of our operations manager as well uh, operations managers that oversees the daily uh day-to-day running of the facility so that that and i've probably forgotten a few oh yeah you calabrese who um played a little bit on the circuit last year but he's in europe at the moment and used to be a professional snooker player so, so we have a, a good mix of players and they're, they're working for us at the moment and we haven't gone live, but we're using um, those guys to collect data on, um, on different patterns.
0: Okay, and this is all based around um, allowing people to wager on whether a player runs the rack, correct?
2: Correct. We're not designed for the U S market where we we don't gamble. Um, yeah, I I wanted to make that clear as well. We don't actually wager ourselves. What we do is we provide content. So just like a, a sporting event these days, uh, we provide the content and then, uh, we give that to a distributor and they distribute it to their clients who might be in gaming. We, we don't actually, you know, like need to know that. Um, but we don't actually wager on it ourselves. We provide all the all the um, the broadcast, all the information as far as statistical data, and then uh, what they do with it after that is completely up to them. So, but it is tailored to a um, a, a, a a gaming market.
0: So, when you say a gaming market, we're talking about. Uh, casinos somewhere across the world picking it up and allowing wagering
2: can be casinos um can be casinos across the world that that is one of the goals we want to make it as attractive as possible we we would love the players and that's another one of our goals the players to become household names again um where we can actually go live into casinos and have it broadcast at at the bar Uh, for instance, or even actually set up a live challenge match. But for the most part at the moment, because we're not tailored for the US market, it goes to a distributor who distributes it through Europe um, and uh, different parts of the world to actual um, corporates. So, And then I'm not sure I'm sure you have heard of William Hill or Bet360. They're just examples of the type of companies that that, that's their
0: clients okay and now you provide basically a live video feed and then you also provide based on the data that you've collected what the past percentage was of the player running out
2: correct correct and those those that data is actually updated um we might have past data, and it's up to the minute and accurate, but as soon as that frame's finished, we're still collecting data so that, that that the percentages could change straight after that frame as well.
0: That's interesting. I wasn't even aware that there were companies who did that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, it, one of our... Uh, um, founders, and he's the CTO. He actually came up with a really interesting statistic from the two thousand and fifteen U.S. Open Nine Ball Championship, which was that twenty four point eight percent of all the frames won were actually won on the break. So, if we can eliminate the break, we eliminate that little bit of well, a high percentage of uncertainty. Yeah, you a know, um, little bit of luck. And we, we actually uh, – we want as many players as possible to put their hand up and give it a go. We don't mind if uh, on paper your record doesn't stand up to uh, a name player or anything like that. Some players are just – some pe- players will thrive in the environment. Some won't. Some uh, might be fantastic curious but don't have a, a great break in their arsenal. Seven ball run could be the perfect compromise or the perfect platform for for those guys to get to the next level. And just as far as an actual uh, practice or training tool, Seven Ball Run's fantastic because it gets you into the mindset that you, you live and die by, you know, like your result. There's no safety. That you have to clear up every time you get to the table. And like I said, if you don't clear up, you don't get paid.
0: Okay, so as a player, how do I get involved? And, and this is just asking for the players because I'm certainly not. But if I yes. were a player, how <laughs> would I get involved in something like this?
2: Look, we, we, we have a website, sevenballrun.com, seven being the, the number seven. Uh, sevenballrun.com. They can send us an email through that website or they can uh, find me at Sean, S H A W N, at singleshotinc.com. Uh, otherwise, get in contact with, you know, um, the world's a smaller place these days. Facebook, uh, any one of our players, Lee, uh, Oscar, Eric, who can uh, forward their details on. Uh, we, we do, you know, like we, we are putting tests together at, you know, like this stage so we can actually gather information. Um, yeah, so, so basically a rehearsal for the player. They can come for, for, for a week. And we can run tests. They can run patterns. And look, if their data, if their statistics say that they're good enough to, to play, by all means, we're not. Um, we're we we're, we're sort of like very transparent in what we do. And if they if they want to uh, come forward and put their hand up, the more the merrier.
0: Um, and so that I understand, you say that if the player doesn't doesn't complete the out or if the player doesn't run the rack, they don't get paid. So basically the players who were involved, the Oscars and the Eric's and, and Lee Brett and, and Vinny, uh, how often are they competing?
2: Well, it, it, we are pre-launch. So the, these guys, no, no one's getting paid as such at the moment. These guys are basically just, Uh, running patents for us, uh, collecting data on our behalf. We've created an environment where these guys, as we grow, they grow. So we've invited them in to be part of the company long term. And we're we're looking to go live on June the 1st. But if I can give you an example without actually um, giving you numbers as such, because they haven't been settled on, so I'll, I'll just round it off. Uh, so say a player, uh, how their earnings works, will have two tables going live at e- yeah, every every session. So a, a new frame comes up every four minutes. Now, the player doesn't actually know if their frame is the frame that actually is going live. That's done randomly. Um, they get $10.00 let's say for clearing up the seven balls now even if their frame doesn't get li- go live they still get paid the player gets the opportunity to play 15 frames an hour it's a 2 hour session so they get to play 30 frames in that 2 hour window statistically speaking it's like tossing a coin 50,000 times it's going to end up at around you know like 50% 50-50 heads or tails so statistically speaking they, they have the opportunity to make three hundred dollars in that two-hour window, but they should be averaging one hundred and fifty dollars So if you're to do say two two-hour sessions a day seven times a week uh, Your on target earnings should be somewhere around two two to two and a half thousand dollars So if that's based just around ten dollars per rack So it is an opportunity for, for players to come in and earn money uh, obviously leverage their skill. And like I I said, uh, it is actually a great training tool for them. So in their downtime, when they're, um, you know, looking to to earn, you you know, yourself, how hard it is to make a living playing pool, only um, the top echelon of players uh, seem to be making anything that's um, worthy of calling. These days you're probably better off getting a job. Then you are being a being a player
0: and and the logic behind having two players playing but not knowing which one is actually or which one actually counts um is that done to combat uh, a player intentionally doing something during their run
2: spot on that that's exactly why we do it uh, when you come into the facility um you can't bring mobile phones. They're actually checked in at the door. Then we have a metal detector. So the, the player walks through and the, even the staff walk through. It's a Wi-Fi free environment. So the, the player actually um, is just there to do their job basically and put the balls. So we, um, we, we, and to, we, we provide that level of confidence to our distributors that, um, that the player will never know whether or not their frame goes live. So you could, you could tell your friend that, um, Mike, I'm going to miss the four ball in the fifth frame I play today, but in actual fact, the fifth frame you play might be the 12th frame. So you'll never actually know uh, or be able to tell a third party that you're going to, for less of a better word, dump.
0: Right. So if, if you and I are part of the same two-hour shift, We're not always playing at the same time, and
2: you actually are. You you are actually are playing at the same time, playing exactly the same timeline. You know, you start the frame exactly the same time. You're actually playing exactly the same pattern. The 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 thing is, you you guys just don't know which one of you is actually. uh, You you're in the mindset that your frame is going live.
0: Okay. And how many different patterns do you have?
2: Uh, currently, we're, we've got a, around about 10,000 patterns. We, we're creating new patterns all the time. Uh, we've got some... The, the players actually assist in creating patterns. And we're, we've got nearly 20,000 attempts of those patterns. So... Um, the, the players we, we don't want the players it, it, when you're at such a high level as well if we let the patterns of the, the players uh, play the same pattern multiple times it's like playing the same hole in golf they'll get better at it and understand which is the hardest ball to get on to and think, even though that they sort of know that to start with it will get easier the more they play it familiarity familiar already we can cut that bit because i can't even pronounce it i do apologize <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah they'll get familiar with the pattern and obviously it'll become easier so so we try and create an environment which is very similar to them actually going live at the moment so different patterns will come up and they just play that pattern they might not see that pattern again for another thousand tries hmm. but then It reverts back and collects the data. And then at the end of the week, we can see, you know, that pattern might have been played X amount of times. It was played by Eric Vilmos' uh, Oscar. And this is their attempts. This is their fails. This is the ball that they most often missed. Um, So we're actually collecting multiple things to to, to find out exactly uh, how difficult the pattern is.
0: And I apologize if you answered this question earlier, and I just didn't catch it. Um, are the players taking ball in hand when they start the run?
2: No, the, the the white every ball's actually in a predetermined starting position. The the pattern itself actually gets projected onto the table four minutes every four minutes, and then um, at, at the three minute mark, the player starts, and he's got three minutes to clear the table.
0: Oh, so they've got a minute to to study the rack to figure out what they want to do. Correct. Okay. And you mentioned the player, you know, the four ball might be the toughest ball of the run. Are, you know, let's say my local casino picks this up. Then do I have the option of betting that he'll get to the four? He'll get past the four. I mean, at what level do you anticipate uh, gambling at?
2: But that's what, what we're trying to create. We're trying to create multiple markets. In, in the US, you call them proposition bets. So we're, we're always trying to create uh, multiple markets and looking into different ways we can make the game more exciting and um, more interactive for the actual um, punter, so to speak, or even the viewer. You could be sitting there, you know, just watching. Our goal is for you just to be sitting there watching seven ball run at a bar. And um, you can actually, you know, like have these. We can show you the statistics. You can have an opinion based around statistics with a friend, say, for instance. So, you know, that, that's the goal.
0: So then a location would be able to pick up the feed even if they weren't actually laying laying odds on it?
2: absolutely absolutely like, like I said we're, we're a content provider we'd love to get to a, a position where we could um, maybe put together some sort of subscription package even run our own events uh, but like mentioned in live casinos um, so yeah don't 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 write that off it's just uh, that these things take time and uh, we're learning as we go as well so yeah all the, all the advice. And that's the great thing about having these guys on board. Like I mentioned, Vilmos, Lee, Brett, Oscar, uh, Eric, these guys, you know, like they're, they're actually instrumental in what, what we do every day as well. So we try and communicate as often as possible.
0: And this is something that you anticipate running 24 hours a day?
2: It is. It is. We, we do anticipate running 24 hours a day. And we, we don't see much of an issue to, to run 24 hours a day in those two-hour sessions. We only really need 12 to 20 players. So, it, like I said, it's an opportunity there for, for players to, to come along. Um, we, we don't mind. Um, we have what you, – you, if you go for a job these days – and 90% of the time you'll have to do some sort of aptitude test. We have a similar type test that we're putting together to, to see how the players perform, how they and uh, whether or not they're, they're, they're suitable. You know, like someone could be a fantastic player and just not be the right fit. We're, we're in the entertainment business. So there is a, a little percentage based around not not looks, but, you know, like attitude as well. You know, we, we don't want people committing to a two-hour session and then walking out halfway through the session because they're having a bad day, So, as you can appreciate.
0: And now this is all based in Las Vegas. You have a location set up?
2: We do. We do. Um, it's at an undisclosed location. I, sorry for the secrecy, but uh, <laughs> we, um, yeah, we, we don't need... Traffic or anything like that, because we're, we're still in the teething, you know, teething process, and we just want to. Uh, we we we're really trying to get things right, so um, that that's our main concern. We have deadlines and um, people to um, put things in place for, so we, we just want to get things right. And the less traffic we get there at this point in time, the better people can concentrate on what they have to do.
0: And and when this gets up and running, you anticipate a regular group of players or would players come in for a, a week or two and then be replaced by somebody else? How do you see that working?
2: Well, as mentioned before, the, the guys that we've got on, on the ground at the moment are the guys we're going to remain completely loyal to. If their statistics stand up, um it's all based around you have to be shooting a certain percentage if you're not you know like competing at that high level because your job is to to make it as entertaining as possible and also to be you know like like i said that 50 50 uh, over in in the long in the long run so if you're not performing it's like any job you know you'll get that tap on the shoulder that dreaded tap on the shoulder but, um, you know, like then then on the other side of the coin, um, we, we don't want to overwork them either. So that even though we'll be completely loyal to them, if they want to take a, a vacation or, you know, go, go compete in other events, we'll have other players come in and um, take their position until it, it'll just be like a, a revolving door. We'll have players come in. Some players will cut it. Some players won't. You know, like um, some players will really enjoy the environment, some players won't. You know yourself, Mike, there's those great players who are great money players but horrible tournament players. Right. And, uh, yes, yeah, so we, we just don't know. We're trying to get the perfect mix. But uh, we'll definitely be loyal to the guys who have helped us out. And um, we, we actually take their input as well as far as people who would fit the mould. So as a seven-ball run player.
0: Okay. And you talk about the players being able to get away if there's a tournament. So when the U.S. Open is going on and just about every, every top player in the States wants to be a part of it, you're just going to have other players who might not be at that level who are working with you? Oh, no. Uh,
2: no, abs- uh, absolutely not. That, that's the thing. The, the players who we've got at the moment, first and foremost, that they're, they're committed to us. Uh, they see our long term vision as, as far as this becoming a monster. And uh, we will actually put things in place where we, we, we would love to have ambassadors go to these events, say, like a Derby City Classic or a US Open Nine Ball. One of our players, Chris Melling, actually recently just won the Derby City Classic. So um, we, we love the idea of having our ambassadors. Yeah, And we, we truly believe that you know, with this tool in place and with this game, they, they're they going to actually um, dominate the world of pool, so to speak. I might be getting ahead of myself there. But, uh, uh, yeah, um, but, yeah, first and foremost, that they're, they're contracted by us. But if we have someone who's outperformed, um, you yeah, know, the, the rest of the players, even just marginally, this, this is always a, 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 going to be a challenge for them as well. We'll reward them accordingly with, you know, like uh, we might select our best two performed players over three months to go represent seven ball run at the World Nine Ball or the US Open Nine Ball or whatever it may be. Uh, the other guys who aren't performing quite as much might be more, more worried about their their job than uh, actually just going to a tournament for a week or two. So we're, we're trying to find a nice balance, but we don't want to... Um, we're not in the business of telling players what they can and what they can't do. It's just once you open the door to having another player come in, uh, you might not be able to get back in that door. So that, that decision is completely up to you, but we would never say, Oh no, you can't go somewhere because, um," and and the other thing is we would love to have representation, our our own ambassadors going and competing in those best tournaments as well.
0: And I realize that you're just in the testing phases, but do you have any level of interest from prospective clients who would pick this up?
2: Uh, Our partner is actually a company by by the name of Sport Radar, who uh, are contracted by the NHL, the NFL, the NBA. They do statistics and data on um, sports around the world. They have over 1,200 clients. So as far as relationships go, we're, we're pretty set. They're, they're our uh, global distributor. So they handle all of that for us, but they've got a network of clients. And just recently, um, a couple of gentlemen by um, Mark Cuban, Michael Jordan, uh, bought into SportRadar. So it's nice to have those names associated with, with your company as well.
0: Absolutely. Now you say this starts did you say June 1st or July 1st?
2: June 1st.
0: Okay, and and until then you've got players who are just basically you're compiling data on to see what the percentages are at each level of a run. Correct. Okay. Well, Sean, it sounds like an interesting project. I'm It's certainly not Something I would have thought of, but it, it sounds like it could have a, a, a huge future.
2: Yeah, well, well, that's the goal. And, uh, look, the, the, the players, yeah, the, the business is one thing, but we do have a history, and uh, I won't go into it. Uh, Jason and myself of uh, uh, Q Sports and uh, a lot of our um, partners and uh, management have... Um, a, a history in uh, Q-Sports and uh, but we we really think that uh, the game is such a, a great you know global giant at the moment Q-Sports uh, that the players have just been um, with as you would have known in the past you had things like the IPT then you had bonus ball and uh, I, I can understand why the players are sceptical and they uh, have a, a, a little bit of a sense of entitlement because they've been hard done by in the past. We just want to, you know, like get them the um, money that they deserve. You know, like they, they provide some great entertainment. And if we can if we can pay them back and, um, you know, like put them in the lifestyle that they, they really deserve, that, you know, that, that's one of our goals as well. So we'd be very, very happy if that, that if we can get to that level.
0: And again, you said the website was sevenballrun.com?
2: Sevenballrun.com. And uh, they can also find us at singleshotinc.com or just go to our Facebook page. Uh, we've got two of them, which is Seven Ball Run and uh, Single Shot Entertainment.
0: All right. Well, it's definitely something we'll be keeping an eye on. I'm looking forward to June 1 and seeing how it all starts to pan out.
2: Hey, Mike, I'll keep you posted, mate. I'll give you regular updates. Not a problem.
0: Sounds good. Hey, thanks for your time today, Sean. And good luck with this whole project.
2: Not a problem. Thank you so much for your time, Michael. All right.
0: Bye. All right, everybody. That was it. Um, For the show next week, I'm not really sure who the guest will be. We are working on interviews with Shirley Ang to discuss some changes for the World Pool Series this season. And we're also working on an interview with Marcus Shamat, who is the returning team captain for Team Europe Moscone Cup. And like this week showed, you never know what kind of news will drop and we'll have to drop everything to uh, get them on as a guest. So the plan is either Shirley or Marcus next week. We'll be right back here, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Remember, we're in Arizona, so we don't do that crazy daylight savings time thing. So it's Pacific Coast Time, 7 p.m. Thanks, for everybody, for listening. And Dave, we're thinking about you.